You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the Hows and Growls newsletter, and this show is proudly brought to you by the good folks at SB Nation and Canis Hoopus. As you might know from episode one a few nights ago, number crunch is essentially my strange spin on a post-game show. Instead of diving into every crevice of the game, I'm just going to pick one number or one stat or one set of numbers and quickly expand on those numbers to tell the story within the story of the game that we all just watched. And what a game it was. And I mean that in the worst way possible. It was just very uh, pre-season-y. The Lakers had almost all of their core components missing from the game and the Wolves seemed to play like they knew that, simply kind of waiting for the undermanned Lakers to crumble and fade away, which they did eventually. They started off with a little bit of feistiness, the Lakers, but they did fade away and the Wolves run out comfortable winners, 114-99. to Still, it was more minutes in the bank, and although it wasn't very much, it was still more to analyse and more to examine. So with that in mind, today's numbers are... 16 and 19. That's 16 shots in the paint for the Lakers in the first half, and 19 points on those 16 shots, and of course... I'm zooming in on the first half there because 17 of those 24 first half minutes were logged by Rudy Gobert, the only 17 minutes he logged for the night. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, again, with all the caveats that the preseason and especially this preseason game deserve, it's worth referencing that the New York Knicks were the worst paint-scoring team in the NBA last season with 41.5 points in the paint per night. Now, keeping in mind that the Lakers had a hodgepodge of G-leaguers and end-of-bench guys out there for much of the night, 
it was pretty obvious that Rudy Gobert's presence was felt. He didn't block any shots. He didn't even contest a whole lot of shots, you know, compared to his usual output in a regular season game or even in a playoff game. But whenever the offense kind of punctured the first line of defense, they rarely ever looked to challenge him and often opted for these quick kickouts and they tried to play a, a drive and kick game because of Rudy, which was pretty fruitless overall. They either got into the mid-range and shot a bad shot from there. They planked threes because they don't have the personnel to shoot them. And they just gen- generally avoided going inside the paint. And that obviously played into Minnesota's hands. And that's what Rudy Gobert does. Sure, he blocks a shitload of shots and his actual impact as a defensive force can be felt more tangibly a lot of the time. But his ability to form this aura around himself and stop players from even attempting to challenge him might be the most important aspect of his defensive game. Shots at the rim can go in whether there's a rim protector there or not, even one as good as Rudy Gobert. But if you can force teams to avoid the paint at all costs or to even chip 20% of their of their paint attempts away, that's, that's huge. The scoring in the paint is the most effective shot. You talk about analytics... And everyone talks about three-point shots, but outside of free throws, which are obviously free throws, uh, scoring in the paint is what teams want to do. It's how teams win games. It's how teams become very good offensive teams. And tonight, it just wasn't there for the for the hodgepodge Lakers, as I said. There were times where Austin Reeves or Max Christie, Lonnie Walker, and several others who, for the most part, uh, NBA players, Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker, certainly NBA guys and, and rotation pieces on a Lakers team that will be fighting for the playoffs, if not in the playoffs. Um, those guys and, and some of the younger guys just U-turned on, on, on Gobert several times, recycling possessions when they realized that the scoring option was to take a shot in front or around or over the big French giant. And... That's been the case for all of Gobert's career. Last season, only the Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, and New Orleans Pelicans faced a lower percentage of field goals within six feet of the rim. Minnesota, on the other hand, ranked 13th highest percentage of those shots, so they did give up a lot of shots in the paint. And now they have Gobert, and Gobert historically does, his teams do not give up a lot of shots in the paint. The year prior to last season, the Jazz ranked as the sixth best, best, sixth best in that category. And the season before that, they ranked as the eighth best. All of that was with guys like Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Bojan Bogdanovic. All of those guys were in charge of present, preventing those drives and preventing those rim attacks. And they are not very good defenders. And although I do think the difference in point of attack guys is a little overblown between the Timberwolves and the Jazz. The Wolves do have Jaden McDaniels. They do have third year Anthony Edwards. They do have Torian Prince and they do have Kyle Anderson. And with those guys already patrolling the perimeter and getting in the way of ball handlers, you can expect Rudy's aura to either grow or teams are going to decide to throw caution in the wind and attack him whenever they do get a chance which will likely lead to a ton of blocked shots and hence a ton of runouts going the other way. And if you listened the other night after the Miami Heat game, 
that is what the Timberwolves want. They want to get in transition. They want to score easy points. They want to score off turnover. I know block shots aren't turnovers uh, specifically, but they really are turnovers. Um, so maybe I'm just being naive. Maybe I just don't recall elite rim protection and the ability to forbid teams from entering the paint since the Garnett era. But this feels like a massive, massive thing to me. Again, the Lakers' third stringers in the second game of the preseason isn't the way to test this theory fully. We'll have to see it in the regular season. But this has been happening for years in Utah. And it would be surprising if Gobert doesn't bring that defensive aura over to to the Twin Cities. So it's something to keep an eye on, just like the the transition and, and scoring off turnover stuff was the other night. Um, we're stockpiling preseason topics, which can be kind of useless at times. We don't know how much of this stuff's going to carry over when you're when you're playing a team that doesn't have LeBron James, doesn't have Anthony Davis, doesn't have Pat Bev. You know, things can get a little bit dicey when it comes to to analyzing and to and kind of breaking down topics. But it's something to store away. It's something to, to store away for the regular season discussion and, and keep in mind when you're watching this team kind of go about their business in the last few preseason games and into the to the start of the regular season around two weeks away. So, yeah, that's the show. Again, these aren't going to be very long and especially not after a snooze fest preseason night where everyone was more focused on Victor Wembanyama than anything that the Timberwolves and the Lakers were showing and it wasn't much but hopefully you enjoyed it and you can make this a part of your regular post-game routine and and kind of come along for the journey with me I'm hoping to get these again a bit longer and a little bit more detailed as the season wears on and as we start to get get more of trends and more topics that that make sense over a larger sample size but for now, we've got this. We've got we've got basketball back and that is all we can ask for. So I will see you next time. <laughs>